Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Oh, no, we're not going to ease back into doing The Burt Show. When we've been gone for a week, we thought that the best way to come on back to do The Burt Show is to scare Abby to thinking (laughs) that she might have lost her job. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) love is pain. Pain is love. How does that go? Love is pain. Love is kind. (laughs) Love brings Jackson Kim into the studio first day after break. How do we try to explain this? Because we're going to have to go back a couple of months. Yeah. So Jackson Kim was in studio with us. He is a Burt Show listener and came in for, what was the day or the month that we were honoring? Uh, We were honoring Asian Pacific American Month. That's right. And he wrote us an email about what was going on in his life and some pressures that he was having with his family and business. So we brought him in and he comes on studio with us and he was really great, really great on the show. Yeah, the video he sent talking about his family, it was just, um, you could just tell he's just like, like a cool dude that you want to hang out with. So uh, after that, he leaves, and then we find out a couple of days later, and Abby at this point had been new to the show. You've been working with The Burt Show for how long now? I think it might have been like a month or two, and so I was in that very insecure, I've just started this new job, I'm overthinking everything I do and say, and reading the comments on Facebook. So I was in a very fragile place and felt like, I could lose my position any day (laughs) with any wrong mistake. And then when Jackson came in, I was like, wait a second. Maybe they're looking at a guy, a a guy who's dating instead of a Maybe I've really screwed up. And so I was just very insecure about it and thought that he was um, coming to take my job. I was very paranoid, clearly. She thought we were on air auditioning him for her job. Right, right. Right in front of her. <laughs> I mean, we're messed up, but we're That's not great. that messed yeah, up. Yeah, that would be so screwed up. <laughs> Welcome to living with anxiety. <laughs> I mean, when you say you catastrophize, wow. wow. Yeah, that is impressive. That's me. You are not kidding, man. <laughs> so now we fast forward months later, and we're looking for a phone screener because Romeo took off uh, last week. I mean, not spontaneously, but you know what? He was just overdoing phone screening. So uh, Romeo's last day was before we took off, and we remember Jackson and a couple of other people and we called him up and he, we interviewed him and he ended up getting the job and the first thing we wanted to do is get him in here to sit behind your mic before you came in here because you had no idea what was going on. I'm glad that it was for an actual <laughs> purpose because when I walked in, I thought they did not just bring in this poor man to prank me at 5.55 a.m. on a Monday. I was like, this, that, was like that was a very extravagant prank so I'm glad that he's actually here for a purpose and not just to make me miserable on a Monday. Well, it's Abby- hilarious. She was like, I hope you paid him to be here. We're like, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> we are. What's up, Tom? Abby, I don't know if you noticed when we walked in, I had the mics on, so it, it was recording. <laughs> so we have your reaction, and we had to flip it around really quickly because we had to beep you. Here's uh, Abby walking in this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Bert? Hey, Abby. 
Um, Bert's getting an espresso. You missed, you missed the part. It was light. It, she said, F you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought we just brought him in here just to sit there for a second? I felt bad for him. I was like, this is a very elaborate prank. And on a Monday, no less, it really caught me off guard. <laughs> he was very he was very committed. He sat in that seat and yeah, he, he was not going to get up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> this is just my worst nightmares coming true. No, it, he's okay. He's in a separate room. You're going to be all right. Perfect. I never have to see him again. Bye, Jackson. <laughs> see you never. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh... Outside of that, how was your vacation? Oh, my God. It was so good. I went to New York for the weekend with, like, a bunch of girls, and I love that city. It is amazing how a night can just fall together because it's a walkable community. So we went to bars. We went shopping. We had just, like, really good girl time. It was amazing. Went back home for about a week and hung out with my parents. My mom was in town this weekend. Okay. And my mom is Rowdy. My <laughs> mom, anytime we go out, any t- people are like, your mom is way more fun than you. And I'm like, thank you for telling me A to my face, but B, it's an accurate statement and I should probably be a little bit more fun. She loves to talk to everybody. She made friends with everybody in the bar. She put me in like a group chat with a bunch of single men. Come it's, on, really? She was, she's putting in the work. Is there her. a point where you've ever had to pull her aside and go, okay, enough, enough tonight? Well, for me, it's one thing like when me and her go out, I actually had to have a come to Jesus moment with her on our, our last vacation over 4th of July because she does it to our family. And it's one thing to do it to me because I'm like, okay, I get it. You you want to like mingle with single guys. You think that's fun. But like when we're on a family vacation and you want to talk to everybody except your family, I'm like, maybe maybe we should dig, we should unpack this. You know, what <laughs> void are we trying to fill? Why do we need to talk to every family in this in this hotel? So there have been some moments where um, she, she needs to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> this, we don't need to be friends with everybody. This doesn't work the other way. Like if my dad was around and we were out at a bar drinking and he's talking all these young single women. Creepy. Yeah, it's creepy, right? But when moms is out there, it's okay. Dudes are going to be like, this is great. It's wholesome. Although we did bump into a group of guys that tried to make it very unwholesome. Like there, we had met a couple of, we were at a UF bar watching the Gator game and there were a couple of guys that I kind of knew from college she was mingling with and she was becoming friends with them. So then she got on this high. She was like, these guys want to talk to me? That means every guy in here wants to talk to me. (laughs) So she went up to another group of (laughs) Bama fans and they were there watching like the Auburn game or something like that. And they just started being so creepy, like turning my sweet, innocent mother into like this MILF character and tried making some passes at her and they got added to the group chat, sent some gross gifs. It was uncomfortable. (laughs) It was uncomfortable. How was yours? Oh, it was amazing, man. I'm, I think I'm physically back, but mentally still there. I, I went to Medellin, Colombia. It was my first time there. Second time in Colombia. I, I did absolutely everything you could do. I, I did the beaches. I did the tours. I did helicopter rides. I did paragliding. I met a lot of people. We partied. It, it was absolutely incredible. Probably the best vacation I've had thus far. What is the thing about Colombia that is so different from America that if Americans don't go, you'd be like, wow, I didn't know that happened down there? I would say, well, the the parties, the way the parties are set up every night. I mean, where I was in Medellin, you can't tell Friday from Monday. It's and it's and everything is like within close quarters, so you don't have to go far. It's um, it's kind of its own version of New York City to me because it's it has everything you need just right there from bar to bar to bar to club to club, whatever you're looking for. Even like when you want to do the tours and you want to do things like that, it's still in close vicinity. I mean, and it's. 
every night looks like the next night. So you can, any night you want to rest, you can. You're not really missing anything because tomorrow is going to look just like it did yesterday. <laughs> you just don't miss a beat. It's always something to do there. Just doesn't stop. It nonstop every day. It's amazing. Were you ever during the week like, I can't wait to get back home so I can just relax from my vacation? The, 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 uh, the, the first day before leaving. So I left Friday. I think Thursday morning I woke up like, yeah, I, I could have pushed my flight up. I think, <laughs> I think four days was good enough. Five was uh, five was tough. I was starting to feel it in the end. My bones was hurting. Kristen, your uh, family vacation in Florida looks so cute. Yes, we went to Port St. Joe and Indian Pass and Cape San Blast, that area of Florida. Um, and it's just, it's quiet. It is the complete opposite of whatever you guys experienced. Um, like, we basically had the entire beach to ourselves. Nice. It was it was magical. And Jimmy is a beach baby. He's two and a half now and loves digging holes and wants dad to build towers so he can knock them down as Jimmy Soros. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a quintessential toddler beach trip. And we just, we had the best time. Pictures on Instagram look so cute. Oh, we had so much fun. And ours was like very chill. I mean, I had a day where like I slept in and then I also took like a three hour nap. It was a lot of resting for us. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, right. not sorry. I didn't do anything like tourists. We literally, it was like beach, eat, bed. It was lovely. Yeah, good. Um, my fiance and I went down to Peru, Machu Picchu, and I'll get more into it later on because there are so many differences, cultural differences. But man, what an incredible spiritual place. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to a place where you almost can't explain it, but when you're there, you can feel like... I don't know, like the soul of the city or spirits around you almost. You ever been like mm -hmm. anywhere like mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Uh, it's happened to me before in Kauai and in Maui and in places in Japan around temples. And Machu Picchu was the exact same way. I mean, you're talking about thousands of years old and you could just feel the spirits or I can't really quite put my finger on it. But it was I think when any, when any place has a rich history, like when I was in Rome, I felt that in yeah. Rome. when you're visiting places like the Colosseum or the ruins and you're looking and touching at things that were built B.C., like you 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 feel that. Yeah. yeah. It, it was overwhelming. And we took a bunch of beautiful hikes uh, in nature. And I realized this trip that I only like nature when it's convenient to get to. Because <laughs> uh, these hikes were brutal. And I felt like I was going to die literally three times. <laughs> and you're, you're very in shape. So it makes me wonder... Can the average Joe not do these hikes? Well, I learned a lot about hiking, and I learned a lot about hiking in altitude. It's just that you got to completely take your ego out of it. Uh, and if you just take it slowly and one oh. step at a time, anybody can do it. And that's not your speed. That's not my speed. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the journey. I just want to be done. You are, you, are, you are totally destination, Bert, not journey, Bert. Not possible to do it 14,000 feet. Yeah. So I'm watching these, like, little local six-year-old kids just go right past me. You know, it's like when you're skiing and these five-year-olds just start passing you and you're like, dang it, I can ski like that. Uh -huh. Well, going up a hill, you can't. <laughs> you can't. But it was really, really beautiful and it was an amazing trip. And I'm planning on going back. We didn't get to spend a lot of time in Lima, which is their city, but it was uh, not relaxing like yours for sure, but really memorable. And I've just made so many different comparisons between Peru and America that I'll share with you, but it just gave me a, a different perspective on our, our country. And you got to go to a place like that to realize the accessibility we have here, you know, because it's a poor country. I mean, we've got everything at our fingertips, and I'll tell you about some of the people I met there, but I have one kid that walked five hours round trip to school every day. Wow. Five wow. hours. Five, five hours. hours in rubber shoes made out of tires because they didn't have any shoes. 
Wow. And that's yeah. dedication. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Because the schools are so far from each other. So I'll tell you more about it later. But it was awesome. But good to be back. The Burt Show. All right. So, Abby, you're thinking you're a trendsetter in the dating department these days. Oh, yeah. So I have notoriously now deleted my dating apps. Mine is Hinge, so I can get those audios for the Unhinged segments where we find the weirdest men on the internet and then blast them on the radio. But <laughs> my friends have now picked up on this trend of me deleting my dating apps. And they have followed suit because so I have I am in a group chat with a bunch of my friends from back home and I was telling them about my experience where I told them I was like you know what I'm kind of sick of dating I've, I I'm, I just kind of find a, I want to meet somebody organically the old-fashioned way back in the olden days I want someone to approach me and I want to feel like I'm not just out shopping for somebody on like a random Tuesday I want it to happen more organically so I told my friends this and they were like wow that sounds like such an incredible revelation mm. that you've had. Maybe we should follow suit. <laughs> it's going back to the future. Going back to the future. But the problem is I feel like they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because ever since I have deleted my dating apps, I have never received so much male attention. Mm. I'm telling you, it was like the moment I deleted those dating apps, people came running to my DMs. My DMs are flooded. I don't know what, what happened in the universe, what reset button I pressed when I deleted Bumble. It was that super blue moon. It was the super blue moon <laughs> because my DMs are just filled. I mean, it's like quantity over quality, but I... It is. It was like a weird switch. And so I told them that. I was like, yeah, it's great. I'm not swiping on dating apps. And I have all this male attention from the cosmic universe. <laughs> and they're like, well, maybe if we do that, we will also get male attention as well. So they, have all, <laughs> so they have all deleted their dating apps. And they're kind of now like sitting here with open arms waiting for the universe to do the same thing, <laughs> which I think it's a little bit different when you're not on a nationally syndicated radio show. <laughs> so when we were in New New York, they were talking about, A, how free it's made them feel. They're like, wow, this is actually really nice. I feel like I'm more present in real life because you, it's not like a scarcity mindset, but when you're like out and about, you feel like you kind of have to be a little bit more aware about who's around you. You feel like you have to be a little bit more present if you do want to get hit on. So while we were at, out at bars, I did feel like there was a shift in energy, like a gear had been knocked into place to where instead of just kind of like sitting around and being passive, my friends were kind of like, all right, it's go time. <laughs> like this, we don't have Bumble on our phones anymore. We don't have Hinge on our phones. We have to, like, it's game time. Mm -hmm. Like, put me in coaches. We're ready. So we were at a couple of bars in New York, and I remember we were sitting at this booth at a bar called The Spaniard, and it was, I took them there specifically because I heard it was kind of like bros USA in this bar. So we're sitting at this booth, and all three of, we're not even looking at each other having a conversation. It's like my best friend Kennedy, my other best friend Paige on either side of me on this one side of the booth, and we are just staring out at the bar. <laughs> we might as well have binoculars on because we were hunting. We were on a man safari. You had that camouflage stuff on yes. all over your face. We had war paint. We were ready to go. And the way that these girls zeroed in on the men that they were ready to like make a move on was honestly a work of art. They, it, it was like we were so present in the moment because we knew that we had two hours to make something happen. <laughs> and so my best friend Kennedy saw a guy across the bar made something happen immediately Paige took her about 15 minutes to narrow somebody down and she's like you know what I'm gonna go approach him and so she got the balls to stand up go approach this man make something happen and did 
anything come out of it? Absolutely not. But it was amazing to see how on a normal night we would have just been sitting around like bopping around just kind of like, I don't know, just talking to each other, maybe hoping something was going to happen. Would you be normally would you be in an atmosphere like that? On your phone, still on Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or whatever it is, um, while you've got all these dudes in a bar in front of you? I think we would have. If we had, <laughs> if we had looked around and been like, well, nothing's happening, so let's see who's on Bumble. Maybe somebody on Bumble wants to meet up with us at a different bar. It required us to be so much more present. Um, well, I mean, they were out specifically looking for somebody. I, I'm still kind of in the mindset of like, I'm over this. Like I've deleted my dating apps for the right reasons. <laughs> they're, they're hoping that they have pressed like a reset button. But I really do think it's more of like they, their mindset has shifted because they don't have the option of the internet mm-hmm. anymore. See, I'm so curious because I'm, I'm far removed from this because my husband and I, we've been together for 17 years. So it's been a while since I've been out with my girlfriends when we were single. But like if I do a girl's trip and everybody's hunting for men instead of hanging out with each other, mm-hmm. I'd be pissed. I mean, you're spending 72 hours with girls. You got to break it up somehow. Got it. We need new characters to come <laughs> into the mix. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> for a little bit of entertainment. It makes sense. And that's, I think, specifically what they were looking for. And maybe a good hookup. <laughs> The Birch Show. I can get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Birch Show's entertainment buzz. 2023 has taken another beloved Hollywood couple from us. First, it was Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. Then it was others like Britney Spears and Sam Asghari, Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick, Rosalia and Raul Alejandro, Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez, Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello, Kyle Richards and Mauricio Omansky, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox. And now... Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Love is dead. Oh, wow. So Love is a lie. I'm very, very <laughs> upset by this news. I'm serious. When I got the news alert over our break and I saw that they split, I was like, there's no way this is real. I, there's no way. I really wonder, like, because they've been together, I think, married four years. Yeah. Right? Like, at what point in a four-year marriage does things start to go so poorly that... It ends this quickly. Three and three quarters. Is it? Nah. (laughs) But who's counting, really? I mean, if you're three and a half years in your relationship and you start to hit rocky, you know, road or whatever, then you start to go to therapy and work it out. You think it's just six months before you decide? I mean, every person is different. I mean, some things can like just, somebody can do something that you just can't come back from. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and something can just flip and then you're just, you're done. It doesn't sound, at least from what I was reading, that there was any infidelity or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's just they have different lifestyles or whatever. So there's a couple of different narratives that are floating around. The first narrative that came out that people were kind of losing their minds over was, I don't know if it was Joe's people, but there were some quote unquote sources that were coming to magazines like people that were like, well, Joe just couldn't handle the fact that Joe lives a very like low key life and Sophie loves to go out and party. And then of course, a lot of people tried to debunk that because Sophie has gone on the record multiple times by saying that Joe is the extroverted one. He's the one who likes to go out and she's more of a homebody. So people were we're like, okay, well, that's a little shady that this narrative is coming out. It kind of seems like Joe is trying to paint her as something that maybe she's not. Or maybe she is. We don't know these people. And I wasn't a fan of them attacking her as a mother either. That was yeah. pretty crass. They have a kid together? They have two, two. kids together. Oh, they they just had a baby, yeah. like, not that long ago. Oh, wow. I hate that. I just feel like all of those details you said are, like, things that people would know about each other before they get married. So I don't see why that would be a problem, like, while you're married. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't forget, they've while they've only been married for four, they've been together about seven years. Okay. So it, they were together a while before they got married, but that PR campaign that allegedly Joe's sources or whatever launched against Sophie backfired in the biggest way because everybody online... All these articles coming out attacking her motherhood, saying she likes to party. Joe's looking after the two kids while she's um, on set and he's on tour. Backfired because now everybody online Mm -hmm. dislikes Joe Jonas to an incredible degree. They're finding old articles where he's whining about stuff. He's acting like a (laughs) pick-me boy. Look, he just wants to be likable and everyone has Sophie's back. To the point where E! News posted, Queen of the North! And like basically came out in support 1,000% of Sophie Turner. See, I said this a million times on the show. Why would you want to sign up for this kind of celebrity? <laughs> the, the money, <laughs> no, money. seems pretty yeah, good. I don't know money. if it's worth it. That's not. Not uh-huh. to me. So the, now the narrative that's coming out that I think sounds slightly more believable, just because it's oddly specific... There is a rumor that there was something caught on the couple's ring camera footage that has led to their divorce. It was the final nail in the coffin. Like she made out with an Uber driver or something? (laughs) That would be enough. (laughs) But we don't don't know if it was Sophie caught on camera. We don't know if it was Joe caught on camera. All we know, the one detail that we know is that whatever was caught, and again, this is alleged. Or whatever was said. Whatever was said on the ring camera, whatever footage was caught, that is, that was the final nail in the coffin for them to finally get divorced. Because this was shocking for people, because I think like two weeks ago, I just saw Sophie at his concert and there's this adorable photo where they're walking together. Joe has her hand in his and he's like bringing up her hand to kiss it. Like, I mean, it was so, there's, they just seem so perfect. So this is just very... Very bizarre that this is all coming out. You feel blindsided, don't I, you? I feel blindsided. They should have told us. <laughs> but now, because all there's all these narratives running around in the news, um, Joe is currently on tour with his brothers. He made somewhat of a statement right before a very emotional song called Hesitate, where he was basically just kind of like giving a short and sweet version of don't believe everything you read. Basically said, if it doesn't come from these lips, don't believe it. And the other cool part of that video is that somebody turned the camera. And during this emotional song, you could see the entire Jonas family. So like his brother, his mom, his dad, they're all like holding each other and crying during this very heartfelt song. And it, it's evident that whatever's going on behind the scenes is obviously affecting the family, too. It's awful. sag After members plan to protest tapings of Drew Barrymore's talk show, but Drew says she don't care. I'll tell you why on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Wasn't exactly sure when I was going to do this today, but it seems to me like the timing should be right, right here and right now. Because so, Chris and I heard you say, okay, listen to me, Lafayette generals. They're not listening. No! 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 It happened. It happened? Okay, that's loud. We flatlined in Lexington, and we have been pulled off the air. No. Really? Yeah. Maybe they're listening on the podcast, honey. I got the call yesterday. It was from Louie going, hey, did Tracy tell you about Lexington? And I'm like, no, she was probably doing the smart thing and waiting till I got back to work, Louie. <laughs> so, yeah, Sunday afternoon. He calls up and says, basically... Be flat okay. Ooh, that's what yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, we got it. Your hometown. Yeah. Your hometown is Let, let okay. Us Hometown. <laughs> they didn't I'm like you uh... when you lived there. They don't like you now. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, where what else? A lega- what a legacy I'm leaving <laughs> for my where, son. Where else have you lived that we can look forward to losing that market? Um, Cincinnati, Ohio. 
Uh, we're not uh, there yet. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Not there yet. And, that, and we won't be there long. And I'm here in Atlanta. <laughs> there has been something consistent that we, well, I mean, even we're too strong. I had 20 years, or uh, I should say, what was it, 12 years before yes. you got here? So yeah. we were established. <laughs> I, that's the only thing that saved us in Atlanta, right? But, but, but if we, we started when I, after I got here, we're doomed. <laughs> every city that Kristen has visited, every affiliate city, that she has visited. A solo trip for a market visit. Has been cursed and we lose that city. Now, in this case, you didn't really go for a market visit, but this is your oh. hometown. So you did go back oh, and you go I, back a lot. I go back quite a bit because my entire family lives back there. <laughs> so, neat. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel better, we lost my hometown a while ago, too, because we were on in Monroe, Louisiana, and they dropped us real fast. I, w- I, I wish it did, but unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> do I need to write a eulogy for Lexington, or are we just going to say... I want you to do what is going to give you closure. <laughs> this is so okay. bad. Oh. Your hometown oh, wow. has let us down. Oh, man. That one hurts. <laughs> Yeah, maybe take the <laughs> <laughs> maybe take twenty four hours and come in tomorrow okay. and do a final eulogy. I think so. Get I it think... off your chest. Yeah. So we can all move on. It'll together. be a unique eulogy. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I'll get some feelings so... off my chest for sure. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you can also find another high school football team in a different affiliate. No, I am not. I don't jump ship when it's convenient or when ratings are bad or when scores are bad or when records are bad because I am a true diehard fan. It's the Bird Show. The Bird Show. As a guy that loves to travel, specifically by plane, I don't even know all the details, so I'm asking you guys on this story that I just heard about last night. I was throwing a uh, uh, birthday party for Tiffany. My fiance's birthday was over the weekend, and one of the dudes comes up to me, and he's like, did you hear about that flight, that Atlanta flight to Barcelona? I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, they had to turn it around in mid-flight because it was a biohazard. I'm like, what are you even talking about? So someone help. Yeah, there was a massive diarrhea down the aisle. Somebody had lost their bowels, and it was so bad, they had to divert the plane because of a biohazard and get everybody off. Um, there is no footage of it happening. Thank God. But there is footage of the aftermath after people have left the plane and flight attendants are uh, pressing down towels in the aisle. And, I mean... The length is everywhere that this went, <laughs> no, so and the dude... amount that this went. Don't know anything about the person that was suffering from the bubble guts, but the sheer, the horror, the horror of being that person, and the horror of being a person on the plane. So it's so bad that this dude is running down the aisle to the bathroom, and while it's doing it, all everything's exploding out the pants and down the pants and everything. I don't know. That's what we can assume. It was so bad they had to when they turned the plane around and got it back to the airport. They had to rip up the carpet, replace the carpet, and then finally at 2.30 a.m., they took off for Barcelona. And you know it was bad because everybody on the plane, like normally this would be an inconvenience and you'd be like, oh, that really sucks. Everybody who's been asked about the situation was like, yeah, that plane needed to be turned around. (laughs) (laughs) Did it make other people on the plane like throw up and stuff? I don't know. That's that's a worst case scenario there. (laughs) Because that's probably what, an eight-hour flight? 
You're two hours in, so then you got to go two hours back with all that? Oh, man. I know. I feel so bad for whoever this person is because I have never, like, I was getting my hair done in Jacksonville two days ago, and my hairdresser was like, did you hear about that plane? I'm like, yes. And then my mom, who was here this week, was like, did you hear about that? Yes. And I, I, can you imagine your most embarrassing moment being broadcasted for the world to hear and talk about? Because this has been going on for like a week. It was a woman. Oh, it was a woman. I hope the poor woman that had this experience recovers, Mm. she said of the sickened passenger. Well, at least they didn't release her information, right? No, no, no. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. We have no idea who it is. I'm sure she's happy about that. I hope nobody took videos. And then they put... That's the worst. So they interviewed people who were on the plane, and the pictures are so grotesque. One person on the flight said it was pretty bad. The vanilla scented disinfectant used only made it smell like vanilla S word. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I want to hear the calls of people trying to get sky miles over this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you know what we have to you go through? I want to be a million miler yes. tomorrow. Yes. Right. Here's terrible. the thing this was almost oh. me on Friday because you know how y'all made me do this contraction contraption? The labor uh, simulator. The labor thing? simulator. Uh-huh. I don't know what is in this thing. But it it triggered the most violent period of my life to where th- I almost became this woman. <laughs> Except instead of diarrhea, it was blood. Because literally as I was boarding my plane to New York, I was like gushing blood. All, and there, there were people like, are you okay? Do you have... I'm like, yes, I did it on a plane. And then the flight attendant wouldn't let me use the bathroom. Wow. I know. So every time I hear the story, I just think about, I put myself in that person's <laughs> shoes of like, it could have been woman explodes blood everywhere. <laughs> We're on flight to Manhattan. All of it sounds so terrible. So I just, I wish we would all stop talking about it because I feel so bad for this woman. I didn't even know all the details, so I think we can be done with it at this point. I think it's a bad. All right, so we said before we left for break, we realized Mo has got himself a superpower and he cannot use it um, enough. For the good of the people, Mo. Yeah, I uh, I write rhymes and I've made songs for pretty much the majority of my life. So if you give me some information and um, anything that you want me to rap about, I can turn it into a rap for you. And I believe that's what we are doing today for the first time. So Steve hit us up and is like, I need this. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. All right, what can we help you with today? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm currently kind of going through a little bit of a separation. Um... You know, I love my wife, and I'm not willing to give up on the on the relationship. I dab a little bit into into poetry, so I I was trying to trying to write a little you know a little poem, you know, sending her back and forth, and uh, I was just seeing if uh, Mo might be able to might be able to to do me a little little bit of a so- of a solid here and uh and uh try to help me out and, and and turn a little bit of a poem into into maybe a rap song. Well, in full transparency, as I was going through the submissions, um, we had just got back from vacation and I didn't have a lot of time. So I appreciated the fact that not only did Steve have all of this information, he actually wrote the poem, which was going to help me with the lyrics and tried to rhyme them as well. And it was pretty good. So I, I appreciated the fact that you uh, you fighting for love. One, I think that's always great. And I know you want to uh, whenever you fighting for love, time is important, right? It's of the essence. So I had to get this done for you as quickly as possible. And you gave enough information for me to add to it at the end. So I think I was able to put something together for you pretty quickly. Now, this isn't going to be like that episode of Friends where Ross calls up the radio station and plays a song for Rachel, and then Rachel calls the radio station and tells them what Ross did, and then they immediately halt the music. Like, Steve, you, did, you didn't 
You didn't do anything that you can't come back from, did you now? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I, hey, trust me, trust me. There's none of that, none of that infidelity or okay. abuse. Mm-hmm. Or okay. None of that. Man. All right, because no, no, you no. did leave that out. I was wondering. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was no, hoping no, not. No, all right. <laughs> we're behind you then, Steve. We're behind you, man. I'll, I'll wait right. by the phones, make sure we're all good. <laughs> Steve, uh, how long have you been married? Um, is, uh, we, we got married back in the, uh, the whole pandemic, the 2020, you know, neither one of us really wanted to, to go through that mess by ourselves. So, uh, we kind of rushed it. So about, about three and a half, I'm going on 40 years in March. Okay. All right. All right, Mo. So, so you're going to take the lyrics, the poem that he used, turn it into a rap song. Yeah. About, I'd say about 80% of this is literally Steve's words. I just kind of tried to put, uh, different little spins in it here and there, but this is mostly him speaking directly okay. to his lady trying to win his love back. Mm-hmm. Check. In Sarantino's that's why our journey began. Two hearts intertwined. It was space gentle playing. Chick-fil-A's and laughter. It was pre-COVID days. Shared dreams and hopes in those countless ways. Quick dating whirlwind and time flew by. Love sparked and ignited as we reached for the sky. Two months later, married. Love's fast-paced race. But had your mom's blessing. What a sweet embrace. Through the ups and downs. Side by side we stood. Love's flame burning bright. We were misunderstood. Wendy, my love from this start to now. Our stories, the tapes drew open. Bow for bow, now every day is dark and I'm all upset. Over three years of love, I will never forget. There's no way I'm moving on when my life was set. Love you more now than the day that we first met. I'm sorry for every time that I made it wrong. So sorry that I got more to write this song. Every day is hard, every minute is long. Need you back by my side, that's what's keeping me strong. And you make up for everything that I might have lacked. And without you, I'm weak, guaranteed I'm a crack. Everything is false, but you know we affect. I want you nothing more in this world than to have you back. Love you. Yeah! <laughs> Steve, you did a good job, too, dude. You did a real good job. Anything else you want to add, Steve? It's your chance. No, just, yeah, well, yeah, I just, Wendy, I mean, you know, I'm, I know you're going to listen to this link because I'm going to send it to you today at, at, at work, and hopefully you play it uh, there in front of all your coworkers, but uh, I just want you to know that I do love you, and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to to uh, fight through this and to, to uh, and make our... Uh, our love grows stronger day by day. I love you, sweetheart. All right, my dude. Hey, good luck, man. Keep good us luck, Steve. You better keep Thanks, us posted, yeah. okay? We got you. Will do. All right. We'll do. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. SAG After members are not happy that Drew Barrymore is bringing back her very successful talk show in the middle of their strike. So Drew confirmed this news on Instagram. She said season four, it's coming back, baby. But of course her show is covered by, is, um, is covered by WGA, the Writers Guild. And so they're like, well, this is not okay with us. Like we're in the middle of a strike. We're really trying to hold our own so we can get the, the, the payment that we want. We want, we want these certain standards for um, our career. And so you're kind of going against us if you're deciding to continue your show, but she's not the only talk show that's continuing to air next week. Both her show, The View, Tamron Hall and Live with Kelly and Mark are also airing. I don't know if maybe they're just not covered by WGA, but they're all going to be on the air. Well, what they've done is with the union, they have struck a separate deal. So they're what, what the union is asking for, those producers and those shows are providing. So they're getting an exemption so they're not going by the current guidelines and this is what like uh, this has been a huge to do with um actors who are at the venice film festival and who are doing and um who are promoting their films 
but the the ones who are there, because I watched Jessica Chastain do um, a panel, and she's explaining that the producers on the her film, they are compensating and giving um, the proper dues to their staff per the guidelines of the union. Um, so that's why the union is like giving passes, I guess. I don't know how, the, the proper terminology, but allowing them to promote films, allowing them to go on with their shows as long as they're doing X, Y, Z under what the union is asking for in the strike. So what Drew is saying is that they're not going to be discussing or promoting any kind of film or television that's not a part of this deal, but they're also saying that they're not going to use um, like writing for the show. So they're kind of like, we're not really a part of this in any way. But I could imagine like if somebody's coming on and maybe they're not talking about their TV show or their movie that they're trying to promote, it still kind of feels like a weird loophole. Mm -hmm. So the WGA put out on Twitter that um, because they're covered by the union, um, that they are going to be picketing uh, in different shifts and basically protesting the fact that her show is continuing to go on the air. They're really upset about this. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit of sports. So, okay. Sports, 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 sports. (laughs) So, Joe Burrow this weekend became the NFL's highest paid player on Saturday. (laughs) They're going to take that check away after this week. (laughs) (laughs) And on Sunday, had one of the worst games of his career. Yes, he did. I think sometimes when you get that much money, like, you start to think that you got to do more. How right. much is that much? $275 million over five years. The pressure definitely changes after yeah. you sign on that line. I would think so. And then they got spanked by the Browns. <laughs> by the Browns? Uh-huh. He got benched in the fourth quarter, six minutes left mm. in the game. I mean, I don't know a lot about, like, the because I was looking at the stats, and I'm like, I don't know what these numbers mean. <laughs> All I know is that people are mad. And at his press conference, he came out, and, of, of course, they were asking questions like, dude, what happened? And he was like, "We, the, the, it's the first game of of the season, and it's always it's going to start, but we're going to get better." And I was just like, "Okay, Joe. Like, I think he's just happy with his two hundred seventy five million. What? He's just going to sit well, back. He's been hurt a little bit, also, and I do think the pressure of that. You just yeah. kind of all of a sudden think that you got to do more than what got you there. Oh, you try too hard. You try too yeah. hard, right? When mm. you had bad games before, nobody thought much of it, but now that you signed that two hundred, <laughs> yeah. you don't get to have a bad game. Yeah. So, in other more romantic news for Joe Burrow, the girlies are all upset because there's a rumor that he might be engaged and him and his $275 million are officially off the market. So there's actually a bar in Cincinnati that is selling a sad girl shot for nine cents (laughs) where you two can get this sad girl shot until the rumors of his engagement are confirmed. It's like Bailey's whipped cream and chocolate syrup. So if you're in Cincinnati, which we're not, but if you're listening on the podcast, then you two um, can get a little drunky monkey while waiting for this news. I'm I'm assuming he's got good people around him going, you know what, you might want to run a prenup by her now. (laughs) (laughs) Now is a real good time. It's probably a good idea. Okay, an AI-generated track using The weekend and Drake's voice will not be Grammy eligible. The track... Kind of a bop. And the CEO said, let me be extra, extra clear. Even though it was written by a human creator, the vocals were not legally obtained. The vocals were not cleared by the label or the artist. And the song is not commercially available. And because of that, it will not be eligible. Who thought that that was even going to go through, Mm -hmm. you big dummy? They got some (laughs) gusto. Don't you think there will be a category at some point, though, for AI? 
not if not if you're using people's voices without their consent. I yeah. bet there will be. I, I bet within five years there will It'll be. It'll happen. Yep. He was all excited for the premiere of his documentary until a terrifying bomb threat. I'll tell you about Lil Nas X's scary situation on your next eBuzz on The Bird Show. The Bird Show. I think I understand the disappointment here. I mean, it gets to a point sometimes in your life where you got so many things going on that it's impossible to have like one-on-one time with your best friend. So when you finally get that time, you don't want anybody else around. This is our time together. And it was going to be ruined. And she was really, really upset about it before we took off her vacation. Yeah, our virtual listener Erica and her BFF haven't spent much time together this summer since she or her BFF started dating a new guy. Well, they both had a four-day break over Labor Day weekend, and they planned a girls' trip, just the two of them. They even took an extra day off so they could have this trip together. It was the perfect opportunity to catch up until Erica found out that her BFF told the guy she's dating about the trip, and he and his buddies decided to come too. It's messed up. They're going to be in a separate room, so it's not like they're in the same room, but Erica just knows that her BFF is going to be linking up with him and that it's not going to be a girl's trip any longer. So Erica didn't know if she should put her foot down about it or just leave it, and that's the way things are, and that's where we left it. All right, let's get Erica on and get an update. Hey, Erica. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Okay, did she ruin the entire weekend? Well, okay, so I did talk to her going into the weekend, first of all, and I told her that, you know, I was disappointed that it was no longer a girl's trip. And she was actually really apologetic. She said that was not her intention. She didn't even think about that. She just, it was the guy that she's been spending time with. And so I felt a lot better going into the weekend, um, just knowing that that was not, you know, where her head was. Um, And then the weekend... (laughs) was even worse than I could have imagined because her this guy did not actually bring any friends with him. It was just the three of us. So he stayed with us. And, I mean, I was basically just a third wheel on their weekend. Ouch. Which was frustrating because, you know, not only – I like we haven't seen each other all summer. We've mm-hmm. made plans to spend time together. I – dedicated my weekend to this, but I spent money on a vacation that was pretty miserable. Yeah. So did you guys ever get to go off by yourself, like go do some shopping, go to a dinner by yourself, or was he literally there at her hip the entire time? He was there pretty much. I mean, the only time that it was just the girls was like when we were getting ready to go out at night. (sighs) That really sucks. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm surprised he didn't feel awkward being there. Yeah. Some dudes are pretty oblivious. That's true. Did he did he have any remorse? And what about her? Like after the weekend was over, did she do additional apologizing? She has not apologized for that. I like they really I'm a little torn because they definitely seem into each other. And so I totally get that. But just like go just do it without me. You know, like I just felt completely left by the side of the road. Yeah. Got so at this point. I mean, if you want to take this one step further, because I think we've gotten emails like this before, do you hit up the friend and go, this was not the vacation that I was expecting at all? Like, how about hooking me up with half of what I (laughs) ended up paying for on that vacation? No. No. No, there's no compensation for that. I think this is just like you chalk this up as a lesson learned. Mm, I feel like they'll spin it. Like, if you knew that, you didn't have to go. So, but being that you went, you still, you, you still paid. Yeah. I still think at the very least she could could she needs to confront her friend about it because I feel like Erica I feel like you're going to kind of sit on this for a while and I kind of feel like this resentment is just going to build up for your friend. So if you really do value her as a friend mm-hmm. and this wasn't enough for you 
to cut her off, which it doesn't sound like it is. I really do think you should say something and let her know how this made you feel. Because if I'm in your position, I would feel so um, undervalued. Like you, you valued this guy way more than me that you would rather bring him on the trip rather than it just be us two. Yeah, I definitely agree. I just like, I think right now I'm still pretty upset about it. And so I'm worried that I'm going to say something, you know, that I don't mean. You said this is a best friend of yours though, right? Yeah, but we, I mean, we haven't really been in touch. Like, I haven't seen her all summer, uh, you know. That doesn't so, matter, though. If you're best friends, like, yeah. you can go long swaths of time without talking and pick right back up where you started yeah, or you, where you left off, rather. And also, I think, again, we've said this on the show, at least I've said it a million times, is that when you say best friend, I'm talking about brother or sister. Mm-hmm. And you know they're always well-intended. Yeah, they make mistakes you make mistakes also but when you approach them they're not going to be all upset about it because you're coming from a place of love so you should be able to talk to her about this and move right past it if she's truly a best friend yeah yeah that's a great point and maybe you would just be like all right so this trip didn't go how i had planned or how we how we had planned put it that way this trip didn't go how we had planned so Put the onus on her. Be like, let's try, let's do a redo. And I would love for you to plan another girl's trip for us. And so we can get that, you know, bonding that we, that we need. There you go. She yeah. definitely owes you one. Yeah. Yeah, she, that's right. <laughs> she sure does. All right, Erica, keep us posted, okay? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks for sharing with us. Bye-bye. The Bird Show. One of the things that I love about traveling so much is that, look, here in the United States, we can, I think we get so ingrained in our mind that if you don't travel, this is the way, what we do here is the way the rest of the world operates also, right? And it's so different around the world. I don't, if anybody thinks that way, like, even if you don't have the means to travel, I encourage you to get on the internet. (laughs) Watch a YouTube video. Because there's a lot of countries out there that are less fortunate than America. And there's also a lot of countries out there that do things way better than we do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was telling these guys earlier that uh, I went to Peru. I went to Machu Picchu and did some hiking um, last week and realized on these hikes that I hate hiking. (laughs) 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 Really? Hell of a fight to Hell of a hike to go on to figure out that you don't like it. I'm constantly preaching to people, you got to enjoy the journey. <laughs> and you know what else I realized? I don't like the journey. <laughs> I just like being on the top. Right? <laughs> so um, there are a couple of things in Peru that really stood out to me that are so different than they are here in the United States, right? So for one, imagine any teacher that is listening right now, any teacher, if you are a firefighter, policeman, or you work for government at all, no employees of the government in Peru pay any taxes at all. Wow. Nice. Wow. Y'all, you work for the government. You don't get, you don't pay any taxes whatsoever. So my brother, who is a firefighter, my sister-in-law, who's a police officer, they wouldn't have to pay taxes. Truth. Nice. And the rest of the country pays a flat tax, 18%. So it doesn't matter if you have a little itty bitty company or you are Microsoft, everybody pays 18%, which kind of works against a lot of the locals that have, um, because 18% in a country like this, that doesn't Mm -hmm. make a lot of money. It's a pretty poor country. It's beautiful. But it is a really poor country. So if you're opening up your own store and you have to pay 18% in taxes, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. So they predict that 70% of the companies in 
Peru are done under the table, so they don't have to pay that 18%. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? I couldn't. Mm-hmm. You're opening up Not a store and you're like hiding it from the government. Uh, one thing that I thought was really, really cool is in most of these little itty bitty towns in um, Peru, I have never seen as many dogs in a city on the streets as I saw in Peru. Like stray dogs? No. Here's the thing. Here's the kicker, right? So in these smaller towns, uh, the families allow their dogs to go out in the middle of the day and run the streets by themselves. So there are hundreds of dogs in these different packs just all hanging out, having a great time. (laughs) And then around 6 o'clock, all the dogs go back home for dinner and they spend the night in the home. And then the next morning, they open up the door and the dogs run the streets again. So they're free-range dogs. Free-range dogs, man. Having this great social time. Great social lives. Um, I tried guinea pig for the very first time. They Mm. eat guinea pigs there. No, that feels wrong. That's not a lot of meat. Um, you'd be surprised. <laughs> that's, I'm like, you're mad that the guinea pigs aren't meaty enough for you? Yeah, they're kind of small, though. I just felt like, so they eat alpa- alpaca mm-hmm. and they eat guinea pig. Wow. And we weren't going to do either one. But we ended up going into this really small town that opened up to us. And they were showing us how they live in this town and how they've um, kept the same customs in this town as the Incas did for thousands and thousands of years. So one of the things that they eat traditionally is guinea pig. And they put it in front of us. And we both felt it would have been disrespectful to say no. Mm. So we ate it. Uh, How was it? It wasn't bad. What did it taste like? Guinea pig. <laughs> it's almost like asking like what an orange tastes like unless you've tasted yeah. it. In, it's very unique, huh. right? So, and when you order it in restaurants on special occasions, it comes out full body with the head. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the guinea pig yeah. is like, yeah, I see you. He's staring at you. So the guinea pig, and he's got his mouth wide open. Uh-huh. He's like, ready to attack you, man. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so they are domesticated uh, there also, but it's a very rare occasion that they eat guinea pig, but they do. Um, and the one thing that really struck me here also is I have kids also that complain about going to school. And now I got one that's going to be driving 30 minutes to get to school also. I told these guys earlier that I ran into a couple of kids that walk five hours round trip to get to school every single day. Wow. And they don't even have. This, this sounds like one of those stories that your parents used to tell. I used to walk uphill both ways to school. <laughs> this is true. Five hours um, round trip to school, and they don't have any shoes. They can't afford shoes. So they cut up car tires, and that's what they use as their shoes to walk on these really rural streets to get to schools because they aren't real close to each other. So the only way to go is to have to walk three, four, five hours a day into those schools. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Yeah, right? That doesn't even seem realistic. Just makes you realize, and in looking around that country, which is really just so incredibly beautiful, but really, really poor, and COVID took a lot away from that country also because they depended so much on travel dollars. They were literally trading food. Like one house would trade food with another house. It just made me realize that 
all of the amazing things that we have and the accessibility that we have in this country and we complain so much about like the little inconveniences. Oh, we take it for granted totally, for sure. Totally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just not like that around the world and that's why I, I love traveling because every time I get back, I'm like, oh my God, the things that we have in this country and the freedoms that we have here and the food that we have on our table mm-hmm. and the clothes that we have on our back are just the minimum but a lot of places around the world don't have that at all. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had like a another spiritual trip like you did when you went to Japan. Yeah, it very very similar. Um and it's a very community feel like that also. Mm-hmm. So if you get the chance to go, man, you talk about a really cheap place. We ended up at a restaurant accidentally that was one of the top 50 restaurants in South America. We had no idea when we got in there. <laughs> it was nine courses. They give you they pair a drink with each meal and we walked out of there for a total of $85. You're wow. kidding. What? <laughs> what, what pairs with the guinea pig? Uh, the guinea pig wasn't at that one. The alpaca was, and I think it was a red one. It's <laughs> <Thanks, laughs> so, low. It's the Burt Show. <laughs> the Burt Show. Okay, we're going to take the win here. We're going to take the win because you guys watched the U.S. Open over the weekend, tennis? Yes, and it was so exciting. Coco Goff, who is 19 years old, won the U.S. Open. And you're like, so what's the big deal about that? Well, first of all, she's 19 years old. And second of all, we are taking credit for her because she was born here. Yeah, she spent the early years here in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then she moved to Florida, right? Yeah. Oh, so I can claim her. Florida! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on both, right? It was really, really touching to watch yesterday. Um, or this weekend. 19 years old, man. 19 years old. Her dad went to Georgia State also. So we got a couple of tie-ins here. So we're taking credit for it. And I remember when she first started getting the spotlight and they were so hard on her when she was taking those first losses. So to see her now turn it around so yeah. quickly and now start to get in this place, it was it was nice to watch this weekend. My favorite part, she's like, <laughs> um, the, the announcer asked her a question. She goes, can I take the mic? And then she just <laughs> took the mic and then she went on like, you know, her... Of course, she thanked her supporters and her family. She was just... It was such an incredible acceptance speech, and I thought, like, shouting out the haters that you mm-hmm. just feel my fire was phenomenal. Yeah. This was the final point. I mean, you could hear the excitement in the crowd. 19 years old, man. Ooh. Pretty Ooh. cool. And then the video that has gone viral of her in the stands as a young kid at the U.S. Open because she was there to watch Venus and Serena. Uh-huh. And then now you fast forward and she's won the U.S. <laughs> Open. It's just incredible. Absolutely great story. Impressive. All right, Kristen, how about an update on Helping Mamas? Yes. So Helping Mamas is the baby bank supply of Georgia. And they are doing a stock the warehouse. And it's all about collecting as many diapers as possible. Okay. And so we have joined the mission, the Helping Mamas Challenge, and the Burt Show team is dedicated to collecting at minimum 4,000 diapers, right? You guys crushed that. Uh, We surpassed that easily, had collected 6,000. So I upped the ante on social media and I'm like, all right, 10,000. Let's see if we can collect 10,000, right? And I got an email from Stephanie from Helping Mamas and she goes, um, you guys have collected 13,000 diapers. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, so far we've collected 13,000 diapers. Now, here, here's the thing. I want more. <laughs> Wait, the goal was set at what first? 4,000. And then you asked for 10. You uh-huh. got 
You got your 10. Now we're at 13. Now what do you ask? Okay, so. Greedy. I know. So greedy. Well, <laughs> I'm greedy for the babies. <laughs> um, and if you don't know about Helping Mamas, go to helpingmamas.org. Um, they do phenomenal things for local mothers here in and around Atlanta. And they just, these are some moms that are having to decide whether I'm going to put food on my table or diaper my child. And we want to t- try to take away that one worry you have a newborn, you have a baby, you have a child, you've hit hard times, and that's one less thing you should have to worry about. So um, we're at 13,000. I wanted to ask you guys, what do we think the next marker should be? 20. 20. 20. 20. It's a big jump, though. I was going to say 15, but yeah. okay. I, I feel like 15 is too easy. Like, I was like 10,000, maybe we'll get to that. But now we're at 13,000. Yeah. I say we go big. All right. Here's 20, the deal. Because this is a competition. Because we are a Team Burt show. Um, Who are we competing against? Uh, other other teams for the Helping Mamas Challenge. Is there anybody even close? What, um, Does anybody else have a have we already won? Does it matter? It's <laughs> for the baby. I don't have the list. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know where the where the, what the standings are right now. Okay. That doesn't matter. I want to win by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to destroy the competition. Dominate. Dominate. Because, okay. because um, in, in September, there is a diaper need awareness week, which is why we're doing it this week um, or why we're doing it this month. So if you go to the com, there is a link. If you go to our Burt Show social, there are links for you to purchase diapers and it gets delivered directly to the Helping Mamas Warehouse. So the team has spoken. 20,000 diapers is our new marker. That would be huge that for this organization. That would be bananas. And That'd they be... are already over the, they are, they are they are over the moon. If we stopped right now, this is above and beyond. You guys have absolutely crushed it. Um, but I know the power of the Burt Show community and the Burt Show fam. So if we set a goal, we set our mind to it. Anybody that hasn't heard this before and is just hearing it now, and if you want to spread the word, please do. Um, and and it's, it's all for a phenomenal cause. All the info up online right now at thebirtshow.com. All right, Mo every year it always tells us about the frustrations of his fantasy draft. And for whatever reason... Uh, Abby now has decided, you know what, this fantasy draft thing, I got an idea. Yeah, I have a great way of drafting people because, you know what, I'm not really, I'm into football from like a social perspective, but really I see these players more as like real humans with real personal <laughs> lives, with real, I'm more invested in them as humans. Like I've now, I've really gotten invested in the Kelsey podcast, Travis and Jason's uh-huh. podcast because I f- they find them so interesting and fascinating. Yeah. So I thought, you know, instead of trying to pretend that I know a lot about football for this fantasy draft and try and predict who's going to win based off of actual skill. I'm going to bet on their personal lives. So when my best friend Kennedy texted me and said, Hey, I want to do a fantasy draft with all the girls. I think it'd be really fun. She's super into football. I'm just here for a good time. (laughs) I thought, why don't I draft my fantasy team based on how successful the players personal lives are. So I decided to draft all of the players based off of them being in successful, committed relationships. <laughs> they got docs points for infidelity. Mm-hmm. If they're hopping from lady to lady, if they're a little skeezy. <laughs> and um, I got to be honest, I don't know if it's really going to work out well in my favor. So one of the guys that I drafted, uh, his name is Zach Ertz. And when I was like researching his personal life, <laughs> I think he's a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, new, sportingnews.com said, let's face it. Almost everything about Zach Ertz ahead of the 2023 NFL season screams, 
fantasy risk. The negatives are almost too numerous to count, meaning the chips are stacked against him having a successful season. He's turning 33 and coming off a major knee injury in 2022, a torn MCL, a partial tear of his ACL, which Sounds requires like a quality it, player to get there. It's bad, but <laughs> But uh, you know what? He's been married. He's been in a 10-year relationship uh, with his wife, and it has been a very successful personal career for him. So you know what? I'm going to bet on him as a person because I think if you can be committed to a person, you can be committed to your team. Um, how many more of these guys do we have? Because this is interesting. I have a whole list. I have Patrick <sighs> Mahomes because I know people hate his wife. I know she's supposed to be super I really obnoxious. I like her on the show, on the Netflix show. I, I like her a lot. I haven't seen it. You do? People, yeah. I, from everything I've seen on social media, People think she's super obnoxious, but they've been together since high school. And I just think that's so great that you can be, you can, I mean, like these people sign millions and millions of dollars for these contracts. If you can stay faithful to your woman through all of that, like I'm supporting you. So if I lose the fantasy draft, just know that, you know what, at the very least they have very successful married lives at home. (laughs) It's the Bird Show. (laughs) The Bird Show.